Hello, welcome back to another episode of the 6 Minutes Podcast. If you guys are new, I want to thank you for subscribing, first of all, and listening to this podcast. And for those of you who are familiar with this channel, thank you so much for your continuous support. Really, really appreciate your support in this new project of mine. And I love you guys. So the first thing I want to get into is the monster study. This was a stuttering experiment on 22 orphan children in Davenport, Iowa in 1939, and it was conducted by Wendell Johnson. Now, Wendell Johnson chose his graduate student, Mary Tudor, at the University of Iowa to help him conduct the experiment, and he supervised her research. So after placing children in um, control and experimental groups, he gave half of the children positive speech therapy in which they're being praised for their speech fluency and negative speech, ne- negative speech therapy to the other half, um, which he would belittle and um, bicker at them for every speech impediment and imperfection that they experienced. Now, obviously, this does have effect on your psychology. So the children that were in a negative speech therapy group were either developing new speech problems or they retained their speech impediments and were unable to progress or improve. This was dubbed the monster study by his peers. It wasn't really called that because um, it was so horrific that he was using orphans in order to prove a theory. And it was kept hidden for that exact reason because he didn't want his image damaged um, in the wake of human experiments conducted by the Nazis during World War II. So later on, when it did come out, the university had to apologize in 2001. So the second experiment I wanted to get into was aversion therapy. Now, South Africa's apartheid army was forcing white lesbian and gay soldiers to undergo sex change operations in the 1970s and the 1980s. So they submitted them to chemical castration, electric shock, and other unethical medical experiments. These are more like practices, they're not really experiments in my opinion, but the exact number is not really known it's believed that it was about 900 people who were being forced into sexual reassignment operations um, which are being performed between 1971 to 1989 in military hospitals as part of apparently a top secret program to root out homosexuality from the service now the experiments were mostly being conducted on young white males between the ages of 16 to 24 year olds which were drafted into the apartheid army Dr. Aubrey, fun fact, um, Dr. Aubrey Levin, which was the head of the study, was actually, um, is actually now a clinical professor in the Department of Psychiatry, the Forensic Division at the University of Calgary's Medical School. And he is also in private practice as a member in good standing of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta. I know it's insane, but this does happen quite a bit doctors still get to practice even though they're um, conducting immoral experiments so with that i'd like to move on to the next one number three is landis's facial expressions experiment in 1924 carney landis a psychology graduate at the university of minnesota developed an experiment to determine whether different emotions create facial expressions specific to that emotion the aim of his experiment was to see if all people have a common expression when feeling disgust shock joy and so on 
Most of the subjects were students, and their faces were painted with black lines in order to study their facial muscles, the movements of their facial muscles. So they were exposed to a variety of stimuli designed to create a strong reaction. As each person reacted, they were photographed by Landis. The subjects were made to smell ammonia, to look at pornography, and to put their hands into a bucket of frogs. But the controversy around the study was the final part of the test. The subjects were shown a live rat and given instructions to behead it. While all the participants were repelled by the idea, fully one-third did it. Some of the students tried to do it in a humane manner, um, and some of them who could not would have Landis do it for them. And basically, the consequences of the study were actually more important for their evidence that people are willing to do almost anything when asked in a situation like this. The study did not prove that humans have a common set of unique facial expressions. So we're going to take a very quick break and I will see you guys back for the last experiment. Welcome back. So this is the last experiment we're going to be discussing for today. In 1965, a baby boy was born in Canada by the name of David Reimer. At eight months old, he was brought in for a standard procedure, circumcision. Unfortunately, during the process, his penis was burned off, um, and this was due to the physicians using an electrocutory needle instead of a standard scalpel. When the parents visited psychologist John Money, he suggested a simple solution to a very complicated problem, a sex change. Now, his parents were distraught about the situation, but eventually they did agree and they didn't know that the doctor's true intentions were to prove that nurture not nature determined gender identity for his own selfish gain he decided to use david as his own private case study david now brenda had a constructed vagina and was given hormonal supplements dr money called the experiment a success neglecting to report the negative effects of brenda's surgery she acted very much like a stereotypical boy and had conflicting and confusing beliefs about an array of topics. Worst of all, her parents did not inform her of the horrific accident as an infant. This caused a devastating tremor through the family. Brenda's mother became suicidal, her father became an alcoholic, and her brother was severely depressed. Finally, Brenda's parents gave her the news of her true gender when she was 14 years old. Brenda decided to become David again, stopped taking estrogen, and had a penis reconstructed. Dr. Money reported no further results results beyond insisting that the experiment had been a success, leaving out many details of David's obvious struggle with gender identity. At the age of 38, David committed suicide. Thank you so much guys for tuning in. Um, this has marked the end of the episode. Thank you again for all your support. Really appreciate it. And I will catch you guys next week. Also, big thanks to Liz First for inspiring this podcast episode.